Welcome to Spotlight Conversations with voice talent and DJ Donna Reed. Donna talks music and media from her sunny linoleum-free studio. Come on in. Hello, and thank you so much for subscribing and listening. I can't tell you how exciting it is to know that more than my immediate family and my very close friends are listening to the podcast. It's wonderful, and I really, really appreciate it. Today, we're going to talk about country music, radio, and family. I'm talking with a guy whose grandfather literally built Houston, Texas. And his grandfather was also very musical and inspired my next guest, on-air host at New Country 96.3, Al Farb, up in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, thanks for having me, Donna. I'm so uh, thrilled to, to join you today. It's very interesting about your grandfather and his influence on you in music. He's a, an icon in Houston. Yes, he had a larger-than-life personality and knew everybody. Everybody knew him. Um, it was just, it was really cool to be in Houston in the, uh, in the seventies and eighties and, uh, either live at a Harold Farb property or know Harold Farb or just, just be around Houston in, in that time. So he liked music as well. There was more to him than being a businessman. Absolutely. His dream was to be a Tony Bennett or Frank Sinatra, um, <laughs> driving around, um, looking at his different properties. He would have. Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, uh, Judy Garland, one of his all-time favorites, and and listening to him. And and so I guess his mentality was, well, I guess I'm never going to make it in that sense, but I have the the means at the time to to do something with it. So I'll buy a recording studio. I'll create a supper club just so I can sing in it. That was the only reason he had the Carlisle. He told me the only reason I wanted the Carlisle wasn't because I wanted to own a restaurant or, or entertain or anything. It was just so I could sing in a band. Wow. <laughs> and entertain people. Now, did he cut an album or two? And were you in the studio when he did that? Everything was done, unfortunately, before my time. I was okay. I was born in 1987 and the Carlisle was built in the early 80, late 70s, early 80s, kind of came and went. And it was all done before I was born. All the albums were cut in the 70s and 80s. Um, he, he had, let's see. Farb Sings Jolson was his first album. It was I all Al Jolson covers. Right. His second album was with a song in my heart, a black background with just him in a tuxedo. Uh-huh. The third one was the the photo that you saw the other day on Facebook that I posted with uh, an evening with Harold Farb, which is all white background with him and his uh, wife at the time, Carolyn. And his final album, which is his proudest project, ran and raved until the day that he died, mm-hmm. uh, was Farb Sings Gershwin or, or Gershwin. So did you and, put the headphones on and listen to these albums and sing along? And did you think, oh, I want to do, I want to cut an album too? Absolutely. I remember <laughs> as, as a small kid, I probably was the only kindergartner in my class that brought to show and tell um, an out al- record album. And if, if it was my grandfather seeing the Jolson album, I mean, I was probably like, as I say, the only five-year-old who even knew who Al Jolson was back in the day. Now, did he give you any information about the entertainment business or advice that stuck with you or anything like that? You were very close to him from what I can tell. I was, I, you know, he lived with us for a, a period of time when I was a, a little boy. Um, I want to say when I was between like five and six years old, he, mm-hmm. he actually lived with us. And I had a lot of influence from him then. And then as I got older and entered young adulthood, um, we became close again. And I remember him telling me as I, you know, kind of figured out I wanted to go into radio because because my great grandfather, who I was named after, you know, always said, if you do something that you love, you'll never have to work a day in your life. So true. And I discovered radio from a very young age. And I just 
became fascinated with it. And I said, Grandpa, this is what I really want to want to do. And I remember him bragging to we were at lunch and he's like, well, Albert wants to do radio. That's what he wants to do. So he's decided he doesn't want to make any money. <laughs> Oh, that's good advice. That's very good advice. And that was his roundabout way of advice to, to me. And how long have you been in Dallas now doing radio? It's hard to believe. I will celebrate my three-year anniversary with KSCS, New Country 96.3, in March of this year. And there's so many changes in radio. I know you've been in radio longer than that. Altogether in radio, how many years? Uh, unofficially, I want to say I just hit my 21st year in radio because wow. I started, I was the, the little annoying kid who would call the radio station all the time. And it was, you know, growing up in Houston, I would call uh, the morning show at the time on 93Q because mm -hmm. that's that's the station I wanted to be on. That's the station I grew up listening to. And I, I just figured by 13, I was ready to go. So in 2000, at the age of 13, I, I, I kept calling the morning show and they made me a part of the show for the rest of the time that they were on the station. But officially, um, I you know, I guess 15 years. So 2006. So that's what, six, 15, 16 years yeah, now? That's is when I started as a promotion kid. Yeah. Now, do you like mornings? Did you like it? I guess you um, had such an opportunity to do mornings. It didn't matter if they had you up at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. or. Yeah. Actually, I would call on my way to school. And then for the <laughs> first part of my career, I did mornings uh, up until I got here to Dallas, really. And yeah, I actually really loved mornings. And given the opportunity and the right team again, I would definitely do it again. It's it's a unique, it takes a unique person with a unique set of people. Part I realize I like the most and I miss the most now that I'm doing a show by myself is the other people that I have to get to interact with every day. It's the hardest part because we all feed off each other and we get ideas and working yeah. from home is great, but you can't shout down the end of the hall, hey. Did you know about or, you know, exactly why am I wearing pink headphones today when the black ones were right behind the <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, and this is the first time I've done one of these where you could see me. So I was like, oh, they're pink. Hey, they look great on you, Don. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and I believe also, you know, I am I'm not the end all be all. I don't know everything there is to know about anything. And so I, I believe the best ideas are are come up with uh, as a team in a group. effort. Yeah, I do, too. And that being said, with radio today. It's changing so much. Yes, it is. We'll talk about country music and concerts mm -hmm. and so on. But before we get there, radio today, you've got internet radio, you've got terrestrial radio. Um, what's the future hold, do you think? Well, the future is right here that you and I are doing right now, Donna. It's, it's podcasting. Our, our parent company is Cumulus Media. And our goal is to one day have a podcast that's big enough to be, insert some commercials. It's only one or two, depending on the podcast. But um, we are no longer a radio uh, company. Most companies are either a media company or we are consider ourselves an audio first medium. Oh, I see. And so uh, how do you see the differences between internet radio and podcasting? Because it's kind of the same, but not. What's your kind of the same. That? And really, all of the ter terrestrial radio stations are Internet radio stations now because mm -hmm. you can get you can get my radio station in Houston and, in, in, you know, all over the world. Even it depends on the licensing. You know, some 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 companies don't license outside of the United States because it costs a lot of money. Um, but, yeah, it, it, those I would actually put together Internet and terrestrial because it really is the same. You're on an Internet station, Donna, that, you know, is run by some great folks yes. uh, that I respect a lot. And it is run a lot like terrestrial radio. So that, those are kind of one and the same, in my opinion. Um, podcasting is just is taking the personalities that we feature on uh, terrestrial and Internet radio mm -hmm. and making it into this long form show of, of a niche, so to speak. 
you know, people talking about this or, you know, murder mysteries or uh-huh. whatever. It doesn't matter. You can you can go find it. And that's the that's the uh, glory of, of podcasting. It's like a morning show. Like we could do a morning yes. show somewhere down the road. It, it's in our slippers, which I am in now. You can. And they are. Pink. And you can do it. At, everybody can be like Johnny Carson and do a night show in the middle of the day. <laughs> Just imagine if he were alive today, what he would think about this, you know? Who would have thought something like this would, would happen? So someone coming into the business, what would they need to do first? What do you think? They're hearing us talk and they like it and they thought, oh, that could be something I could do. I have a communications degree. Where do they go? How do they, how do they get there? Or they have a finance yeah, degree it, and they go, I want something fun on the side. I want it. Well, you, if you have a finance degree, you could do a, uh, a whole podcast about financing and, and you know, yes, really do true. about anything anything that you're interested in. If you're looking to get into the business, um, you know, my first piece of advice is to, you know, find, you make some good contacts. I, I, I have networking is my biggest tool, my biggest resource. I learned that at, at a very young age, mm-hmm. thanks to the, uh, the head of the school that I went to in, in Houston Briarwood. Yes. Um, and she, the, the invaluable piece of information that, that uh, her name's Carol Wills that she gave me was network. Everybody is your friend. Everybody is valuable to you. Um, and I found, you know, a couple of people in radio in the business, so to speak, um, that took me under their wing and I still to this day call on them for advice, um, bounce ideas off of, uh, cause that's just the kind of guy I am. Like I said before, I'm not the end all be all. I don't think that I know it all. And I always rely on people in my, you know, in my network, so to speak, to help me get to where I think I need to go, wh- whatever it might be. Now with COVID starting, they told you at the radio station, you're going to do your show from home. How did yes. you, what did you think about that at first? It's so different. I mean, in the back of our minds, it'd be nice to do a show from home, but this was <laughs> under different circumstances. What did you do first? Uh, you know, growing up in Houston and covering uh, two major hurricanes and all the ice storms and floods and everything that we, we've had, right. I am a running into the station when everybody's going home kind of guy. And I'm like, no, 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 I'll go down with the ship. And they're like, no, 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 you're not allowed to. You have to work from home. You really do. So after that kind of uh, processing, uh, you know, as a techie guy, I actually, you know, uh, enjoyed the, the challenge of figuring out how we were going to make it sound as real and as good as possible from home and then told everybody else how to do the same. So that is how I've kind of gotten through the uh, the covid working from home plan is, is I've kind of taken charge of of our work from home setups and then kind of helping out all of our other talent across our two other country stations, you know, best kind of a, sending out a best practices manual on how to do. Did this. they give you all this equipment, or did you have it at home already with a studio? You or? kind of piecemealed it together between a mixture of borrowing stuff from the station, you know, or getting stuff from the station, and having some of us had stuff already, or going out and buying some stuff. Um, we've kind of all you know piecemealed it together with what we've had. Now the equipment is so great, you can do that. You don't have to have fancy equipment as much as before at home. I don't yes, have to go exactly. into the booth and do the, the show. I could do it right here. Yeah. And that's the, you know, that is the good thing. I mean, I think if this pandemic happened even five, six years ago, mm-hmm. uh, we would have not been, it would have not been as easy without all of the technology that we have and the affordability of, of equipment um, that, and good quality equipment too. Now, when you have a guest come into your show, do you do it kind of like we're doing it now with, you know, a setup where they have a studio at home and they're talking to you? It can vary. We have lots of options. Uh, okay. Again, thanks to the technology, we can do it over Zoom or or Skype. Uh, we use a service um, called Clean Feed. That's okay. how actually our morning show partners uh, broadcast every morning. Uh, it was made for podcasters to have podcasters on the air with good quality uh, audio, um, and it's free. <laughs> 
I, you, you can't beat that. <laughs> beat Just that talking, price. Yeah, I know. It's great. Now let's talk about country music. Because I started sure. in country radio, uh, and I, I love it. What do you think is the most interesting up-and-coming artist in country? Oh, that's a hard one because there are so many, uh, so many artists, new artists now. But one of my favorites that stands out because there's always well, the first one. I always go with the first one that, that pops into my head. And her name is Priscilla Block. She has a new single out. It's called Just About Over You. Her, she's with Mercury Records, which is a division of UMG, mm-hmm. one of the bigger, biggest labels in the world. And she they they found her on TikTok. And she released a couple songs. I mean, th- this really is the future. And the uh, the powers that be at Mercury were so excited, they scrambled and put together a- an offer and signed her uh, pretty much overnight, which is really unheard of in the, in the music industry. And they, they put together a Zoom call with every country programmer on it, which is usually not the case. They usually try to take a new artist around right. and introduce them station See. to station. But they got everybody. I've never seen so many country programmers just in awe of her. And really, is, it was a special thing. And we you know, took her under our wing as far as uh, breaking her, um, right, as they call it, it's an industry term, mm-hmm. right out of the box. Yes. And uh, both radio, both country stations here, by the way, we have a unique situation in Dallas where my company Cumulus owns both competing uh, country stations in the market. We own uh, New Country 96.3, who's I, who I work for directly, and then our competitor, so to speak, our sister station now, 99.5 The Wolf. Both radio stations added Priscilla right out of the box, and we have seen great uh, results so far, and I cannot, I just can't wait to see what's in store for her. Now, who else have you heard that's just, has something about their music that just inspires you, or you just, oh, I can't wait to play this record? I mean, the biggest, hottest uh, artist right now is Luke Combs, who yeah. really three years ago, nobody even knew who he was. He was just this uh, this big old country guy who had some pretty good songs. And now he's had like, you know, five or six consecutive number ones. And if you as soon as you add a Luke Combs song, it just flies up the charts and you're on to the next one. It's he's, he's really the next Garth Brooks. All right. Country group or duo? Uh, let's see. I mean, Dan and Shay are, are great. Um, old Dominion. I love. Uh, Brothers Osborne is is who I've you know we've championed since day one. Mm-hmm. Um, they they are they're just there's some really good there's a lot of really good music out there. Just you just have to kind of find it. <laughs> Concerts. It's must be hard to have this new music. You're you've been signed. The stations yeah. are playing your music. Now what happens? Yeah, I, it's been so frustrating. And and I'll go back to Priscilla because one of the unique and really cool things that we get to do at a radio station that you know Pandora and Spotify can't do. Um, and even internet radio stations can't do is bring in these artists for for the local market um, yeah. that we get to expose Dallas and Fort Worth uh, and our surrounding community of North Texas to these new artists and set up these live and local free shows most of the time. Um, and that's been very frustrating and not been able to 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 do that because I so want to activate and do something with Priscilla and um, several other new artists. There, there's Travis Denning is one that does really well. Uh, he's performed really well. A uh, new Texas artist, his name is uh, Parker McCollum, mm-hmm. uh, who's just, uh, I mean, I really think there's something special about that guy. I mean, a, a year ago, he's oh, he opened for Miranda Lambert at American Airlines Center, which is um, uh, Arena Stadium here. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, I remember telling one of our corporate uh, programmers, because I said, I re- re- really need to add Pretty Heart. That was his mm-hmm. single at the time. He opened for Miranda Lambert, been about a year ago now. Usually people, you know, for a show nowadays, they get to a show they show up by the time the headliner is there. It's very rarely that that they'll be there for even the second opener. But everybody was all butts in seats for Parker McCollum, the first opener. He opened for the Randy Rogers band, then they opened for Miranda. I've never seen anything like it. And I said, we need to be on this song. 
And he was like, I don't know, because he, our, the, the person in particular I'm talking about doesn't live in Texas. He's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And then, of course, still one of the biggest songs we still have in a, in a power rotation on 96.3. It's crazy. As a radio personality, it's really wonderful to be able to hear a song that you feel, oh, this is a hit. Oh, and absolutely. The, and there's some jocks that, and jocks is the term yeah. we use in radio. We're not doing sports. Although I do like baseball, but that's a different <laughs> podcast yes. um but it's do you think there's a lot of folks that have that ability to hear a song and go yeah that's it you know i, I would hope so i mean because that's how i i listen to music mm-hmm. um of course we've been doing this for a long time and and you just you know but sometimes you don't know sometimes you hear a song and it's like man this is just a huge big old hit as we something we'd say but it and then it turns out to be to not be or the or vice versa like, i don't hear it i don't know and then the numbers show otherwise. Our research that we do shows that, hey, our listeners really want this song. We play it and it's a big old hit. <laughs> it's just subjective. No one knows what what's going to be yeah. big or not. Have they scheduled concerts um, for 21? So some, some have, some haven't. Um, and there's some actually going on now. We have a, a venue, a, a legendary historic venue in, uh, in our market, um, Billy Bob's, Texas. Pretty much anybody and everybody in the country has has played there. Yes. It's kind of like the Grand Ole Opry of of, of Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Fort Worth, and they have reclassified themselves as a because they always always have been uh, as a restaurant, um, and they have always served food. Um, so they have uh, figured out a way to to be able to open as a restaurant, and of course they have limited capacity uh, seating, um, and they've always have reserved table seating at all of their concerts for the most part, and so. They've been able to do shows since, I think, um, late summer of last year. Now, a lot of the bigger artists won't tour, but as big as Lee Bryce, who will be uh, playing at uh, Billy Bob's uh, next Saturday, the day before the Super Bowl. Um, they've been able to, to do to do some sort of a some sort of a concert. And that's been great for us because we've been able to give away some tickets, not as many as we normally would be able to. Um, but there are tickets. There are shows on the on the books for later this year. And we are very hopeful that we'll be able to do something. Who's been your most interesting interview as far as country mm. personalities? I'd have to say overall we've been, um, oh man, I would say Ronnie Millsap and because it was so, it was, I would say it was kind of a disaster because he was having a hard time hearing me <laughs> and he just kind of said, I have, I can't hear him. I remember him saying, I can't hear him. And his manager was like, we're going to have to terminate this interview and then hung up. <laughs> I'm like, Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. Show business. Well, it's show business. It's show business. What about a really great interview? What country artist? You just you were expecting it to be good, but it floored you because it was so much better than you originally thought. I'll say um, more, more recently, Low Cash. Uh, it's kind of an up and coming group, but I just they, I have a great relationship with them. And that's the one good thing about country radio that yeah. not any other format has is the relationships we get to have with these artists. Um, that their labels um, encourage and 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 uh, kind of expect the artist to have some sort of a personal relationship, and it's just great. And it and it just, as I say, it makes the world go round <laughs> because we are we get excited about playing their music, and and uh, they sell more albums and records because of it, or, or get more uh, exposure because of it. Now, what do you think you're going to do down the road in country music? Have you thought about you know making an album like your grandfather did, or <laughs> singing with somebody, or do you do harmony? Do you play an instrument? I mean, you know. Music is a part of your background, too, as well as radio. Absolutely, it is. Um, you know, I, I I don't think that I'm as, I mean, I don't think I'm as strong of a singer as even my grandfather was. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, especially in these days, you have to just be top notch. And you get. I even heard an artist earlier today who came in to play for us who I'm just like, 
man, she just blew me away. Um, I, I think I just kind of stick to what I know and that's playing the music. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, but I would love to be able to consult artists on, um, it's something I thought of, uh, if this, you know, this radio thing doesn't work out, um, to be able to consult artists on Mm -hmm. what would be classified as a quote unquote hit. Um, uh, and, and like, you know, don't do that, put that there. Um, you know, just little things, uh, to maybe work with a, with a manager or, a, or, you know, uh, an artist. I would love to do something like that. It would be great. Have you done karaoke? Oh yeah. I've been wanting I'm to ask. Really? King. Did you? Oh, all the time. You just got up there and did it or did you do a couple shots before you actually got behind the mic oh, at karaoke? No. <laughs> I love, I mean, that's just one of the things you, you get from being in radio is that you uh, are comfortable performing in front of a crowd and uh-huh. you have to be able to do anything. I mean, especially being on a morning show, you know, you throw all of your, uh, you know, everything out the door and just it's all as, as my uh, former uh, morning show co-host uh, Tim Tuttle uh, from 93Q said, take the hit for the bit. And it really is. You take the hit for the bit, whatever it is, whether it's, it's something embarrassing about yourself, something, you know, that you wouldn't normally do. You know, you're hmm. not in real life. You're a larger than life personality on the radio. Maybe um, I'll be inspired now. Should. Hmm. It should. It's great. Do you miss Houston? I love Houston will always be my hometown. I love coming and visiting. I very much enjoying Dallas more than I ever thought I would. I thought, okay, I'm going to do my time in Dallas and I'll get back to Houston some way, somehow. But mm-hmm. I'm about to resign with, uh, with, uh, Cumulus and, and, and KSCS here in Dallas and I couldn't be happier. Uh, but I will always love Houston. Houston will be my hometown. Uh, I am very much loving Dallas. I know the difference, but for listeners who are not from Texas, how <laughs> this face is going, Oh, she's going to put me on the spot. <laughs> what is the difference between the two cities? Um, honestly, there is not a lot of difference. Um, I, you know, growing up in Houston, I always thought, man, there's this big uh, rivalry between yes, the two cities. And it I mean. seems like it's more one-sided on the Houston side than it is on the Dallas side. And I hate to say that because I'm from Houston, but I went on the air. I remember my first day going, I'm from, I'm, you know, I'm Texas born and raised. I grew up in Houston. Don't hate me for it. And then everybody called in. It's like, no, we, we don't, we like Houston. There's nothing that much going on. I would say the only real difference between Houston and Dallas is and I don't really notice it, but it apparently it is a thing. Is the the no zoning uh, that everybody says that uh. Houston has is there's no zoning in Houston <laughs> and there is in Dallas. Okay. And I, the only time I've really noticed it here is when I'm looking for a gas station because there's like no gas stations in a neighborhood area. I'm like, this is when you need Houston because you could put a gas station anywhere, but uh, you can't do it now. And, and with football season too, you know, sometimes you're probably right in the middle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> but it's actually more baseball because the Astros uh, are the, were the first Texas team to win a World Series. So that's different. We're talking to Al Farb, New Country 96.3 in Dallas. And I just want to say thanks. I learned so much today about radio and country music. It's great to talk with you. And I'm so glad that I saw your post on Facebook about your grandfather, because I thought it was so interesting to have a musical background with a family member. And I know he inspired you to be a performer. He he inspired me and uh, continues to inspire me every single day. I think about him every day. Thank you for coming in today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Donna. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Spotlight Conversations with Donna Reed. Subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcasts or your favorite platform. Thanks for tuning in.